Welcome to the Kaizen Creativity Podcast, where we apply the philosophy of continual improvement to our creativity. Each episode takes a scientific principle from creativity and innovation research, and we translate it into practical advice for your creativity. For more, you can visit us at jaredvoli.com. How do you view yourself? What identity have you created for yourself? When you tell yourself the story of you, what do you say? What experiences have really shaped you? What beliefs do you hold? What values guide you? Your answers to all of these questions make up your identity. And they're what psychological researchers call your self-concept. Your identity plays a massive role in your life, but it does it in the background. So we don't explicitly say, I'm the kind of person who helps people who are in need, and then we help people in need. We don't explicitly do that. Yet that is exactly what happens. Our behavior is shaped by the identity that we hold for ourselves. We take action whenever there is a nice fit between who we see ourselves as and the actions that we need to take. However, we procrastinate or we ignore or sometimes we even attack ideas that don't fit into our worldview. There are all types of specialized neurons in your brain. Some are focused on facial recognition, some are responsible for counting numbers, and some are so highly specialized that they only light up whenever you see the face of a celebrity. Defense neurons are the same. They're super specialized, except they specialize in an area that is incredibly awesome. Their job is to protect your ego. Now, I'm going to nerd out for a moment, but stay with me because this will blow your mind. It is so amazing. A defense neuron is only going to light up whenever you are exposed to an idea that doesn't fit how you see yourself. So think about this from a political perspective. If you are on the left, they will light up anytime you see ideas from the right. If you are on the right, they will light up anytime you see ideas from the left. It has nothing to do with objective reality and everything to do with defending who you see yourself as. Their only job is to protect the identity, to protect your ego. Now, this is why it is so incredibly hard for us to change as people. Protecting your identity is literally in your DNA. It has nothing to do with what that actual change is. It could be positive or negative. It could be big or small. To a defense neuron in your brain, the only thing that matters is whether it fits your current view of yourself as a person. The more radical a change is, the more likely these neurons are to fire. In a future episode, and I mean future, like I have not even decided what month I would do this, but somewhere in the future, we're going to talk about an area of the brain. It is my absolute favorite area of the brain. It is called the right brain interpreter. 
And it's an area of your brain that specializes in storytelling. And it plays a massive role here because our identity is basically the story that we tell ourselves. Now, knowing this about how our brains work, knowing that there are defense neurons inside of all of our heads, it's no surprise that creativity research suggests that people who see themselves as being creative are actually more creative. The mere fact that you think you're a creative person whenever you are being creative means that your defense neurons are going to stay quiet anytime you're engaged in a creative activity. And this also means that there's less of an obstacle when it comes to procrastination. Here is something that is mind-blowing. Any kind of procrastination can be traced back to defense neurons in your brain. So think about this. Why didn't you start your college term paper sooner? Because defense neurons in your brain were afraid that you'd fail. They were afraid that doing a bad job on the paper would result in a loss of your ego. So they chose to protect your identity, even when it was actually in your best interest to write the paper. So why did you eventually sit down and write the paper? Once again, defense neurons. Your defense neurons in your brain were confronted with a growing reality that not turning in your paper would result in the loss of ego. Earlier in this process, the defense neurons tried to protect you by keeping you away from what you needed to get done. But now, they're trying to protect you by pushing you towards the completion of the project. It is using the exact same system, but it is arriving at two wildly different conclusions. So the reason you procrastinate and the reason you get over procrastination all comes down to defense neurons. So here's the takeaway here. How you see yourself has an enormous impact on what you do and what you don't do. If you don't hesitate to sit down and start being creative, then that's because your identity does not see that as a threat. You see yourself as the type of person who can sit down and start creating something new. The same is true for what you create and how you choose to create it. So think about this. Does perfectionism get in your way? Well, then you have defense neurons that are overly sensitive to taking risks. And the reason that you're struggling with perfectionism is because they won't stop firing until you've thought of every single possible problem that could happen in the future. When you create, do you explore these wildly unique ideas or do you typically focus on problems that have a very specific set of rules that you can work within? Do you try to maximize uniqueness or do you try to maximize effectiveness? The creative person who embraces the unknown is constantly trying unique and interesting ideas. It's only natural because they see themselves as the type of person who would do that. 
their defense neurons have nothing to defend against, so they stay quiet. As you're creating today, think about your identity. Think about how you see yourself. Think about the story you've told yourself about who you are and what you're able to do or achieve. And most importantly, recognize that this is just a story in your head. It's not objectively true. Stories are written and they can be rewritten. If you look back at who you were, let's say, 10 years ago, then you're going to see that you've already rewritten a lot of your story. Your identity 10 years ago was based on some set of past experiences and beliefs. Today, they're still based on past experiences and beliefs, but those past experiences have changed, and therefore some of your beliefs have also changed. So the lesson here is that they are rewritten by adding new experiences and new beliefs. So if you find yourself at this fork in the road in your life where you feel like you're, you want to make a change, but you're not sure how, remember that the things you're so afraid of probably aren't what you think they are. They're little more than the result of overactive defense neurons in your brain. That doesn't mean that they don't feel real. Trust me, I have known about defense neurons for a long time, and they still, even knowing what's going on in your head, they still feel so real that it can be hard to change. But recognizing that this is what's happening is the first step to changing how you view yourself. Anytime you accept a new belief, then your ego needs to synthesize that belief so that it creates a whole identity. When I say accept, I don't mean purely on this cognitive level where you think through everything and then you logically agree. The defense neurons in your brain, they don't care what your conscious brain thinks. They don't take orders from your conscious brain. They don't take orders from you. In fact, you take orders from them. What you do is more based on how your defense neurons react rather than the other way around. The subconscious is just way more powerful than the conscious brain. So the only way for the subconscious to change is when the orders to change also come from the subconscious. And that means understanding this idea needs to be more than just cognitive. It needs to be on this emotional level. Whether you can logically explain to yourself why you're changing doesn't matter. That's the conscious brain trying to take control, but it is powerless here. Your defense neurons can reject your conscious brain all day long. In fact, that's their job. Your job as the person who is sitting in the driver's seat of your conscious brain is to expose yourself to new experiences and new beliefs. The more beliefs you add and the more emotional those beliefs are, the more your ego has to change to make room for them. So you don't have to take direct control over your beliefs, but you can influence them 
by putting yourself in situations in which those changes can occur. So now it is time for the the part that I promised during the risk-taking episode, where I'm going to tell you why that episode was so difficult for me. Usually these episodes are fairly easy for me to do. I mean, they take a long time, between like 90 minutes and, and two hours or so, depending on the length. But they're still super fun. However, the risk-taking episode was just this massive creativity block for myself. And the reason it was so difficult for me was because I had to not really rebel, but I had to do something contrary to how I see myself, right? I was basically rebelling against my own self-concept. And then here's what I mean by that. I see myself as someone who is a giver, someone who wants to continually just give as much as I can to other people. Being able to contribute to other people is incredibly important to me. However, when I am accepting other people's help, that is something where I I know I struggle. On a purely cognitive level, I understand what's going on, and I understand that there are seasons where you are giving and seasons where you are receiving. However, on a deeper emotional level, it just still felt wrong. So even though I was talking about risk-taking, and even though I knew all about these defense neurons in my brain and how it was all working, it still just felt wrong to me, which is why I hit this, this creativity block. And what is really interesting is that I wasn't even using good creative strategies for that risk-taking episode. It's like I forgot everything that I would be teaching myself while I was going through it. What I should have done was just meditate for a while, get to a point where I was more emotionally ready to to make that episode and then make the episode. But because I was stressing out about it and because I really wasn't acting like myself, I didn't do the the most practical strategy. And instead, I used a very anti-creative strategy, which is just competition. It's saying, I'm going to hit record and I'm going to get this out and I'm going to get it done. And that is what I would say a competitive strategy, right? It's trying to overpower the problem. But in that situation, I shouldn't have tried to overpower the problem. I should have just sat down and gotten to a place where that doesn't even feel like a problem anymore, which for me happens whenever I meditate. If I spend 20 to 30 minutes meditating, then by the time I'm done with it, I can get to a place where the problem that felt so difficult doesn't even feel like a problem anymore. It just feels like something that I'm fully able to do. And then so now it's not like I'm overcoming the problem it's more like the problem doesn't even register. However, in the uncomfortable state that I was in while making that episode, I totally forgot all of my good strategies and I tried to overpower everything, which is why I ended up, uh, I was at the microphone for well over an hour. Um, and I think maybe I had 40 minutes of, of audio that I had to comb through and just listening to how scattered my thoughts were, it was just, it was an absolute disaster. 
But I think instead of like saying, okay, yeah, that was not a good moment. However, it was good in the fact that we can now look at it as a group and say like, look, here's something really cool that we can learn from, you know, this mistake that I made while doing the risk-taking episode. So I think there's there's definitely uh, another lesson in there, and that is that even when you know these things are working in the background, they still affect you, right? So I knew my defense neurons were firing. I knew why they were firing, because I was essentially asking for for money when my self-concept, my identity always wants to be a person who's giving. And so like there, I was basically fighting with myself the whole time, even though I knew why I was doing it. So just because you learn these things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to automatically overcome them. In fact, it reminds me a lot of one of my all-time favorite quotes, and it comes from the, the emperor Marcus Aurelius. And he said, Fight to be the person that philosophy is trying to make you. And what he's saying here is that you can learn all of these ideas, but you still need to fight to become the person that the ideas are trying to make you. So just because you learn these things does not automatically mean that, that they're, gonna be, uh, they're not going to be a problem for you anymore. Anyway, so that is the debrief for the, the risk-taking episode. And also, it's cool that we got to come back around and, and tie you know, the mistakes that I made in that episode with what's going on uh, with the idea of self-concept here. So that is it for me. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider becoming a member. You can go to jaredvoley.com. Memberships are 5 bucks a month. And as a thanks, you're going to get the Creative Flow and Achievement course. And you will also get anything that I'm creating when I create it. So as I come out with more and more programs, you are going to get instant access to all of that as well. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider going over to the website and grabbing a membership. We'll be using that money to pay for the monthly hosting for the podcast, as well as some other expenses that we have. Thanks for listening. We do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you're liking the show, please make sure you leave a review. Your five-star review gives the show more visibility, and that lets us devote more time and more resources to improving the show, which means we can ultimately serve you better. Until next time, keep creating.